Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so welcome back to another episode of the Vertical Podcast. Glad you could join me. We've got a great show lined up for you this week with Giannis Attendagumbo going just nuts in the week, winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week. No better time than to check in with the man who's charged with guiding his development, John Horst, the general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks. John and I get into the nitty-gritty of how this team is bringing along Giannis, what he sees for him over the next couple of seasons, and any anxiety that he might have about losing Giannis in the future. So we dive deep into that, into the Bucks, with John Horst, the GM of the team. All that more next on the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. This is the Vertical Podcast. Hosted by Chris Mannix. From interviews. Let's bring in John Wall. He's Reggie Miller. Bring in our exposure. To the latest NBA news. To insights you won't get anywhere else. Rioting is bad. You shouldn't riot. Past episodes of the podcast can be downloaded in the iTunes Store and Google Play. Why wouldn't you go back? Subscribe and leave a rating or comment. Here he is. Speaking of guys putting their foot in the road. Chris Mannix. Yes. Joining me on the podcast this week, John Horst, the uh, general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks, off to a good start this season. And uh, John joins me. Thanks for uh, doing this, John. Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So uh, you, you can, you'd rather probably be 3-0 and to start the season, but 2-1 and and Giannis playing uh, the way he has played. Just give me your reaction to the first week of the season. Yeah, we'd like to be 3-0. and uh, We thought we played well against Cleveland for the first two and a half, three quarters and just kind of hit, hit a, a dry stretch there. But We'll take two and one, and then as you mentioned, Giannis is playing at an extremely high level. Um, you could see the areas that he's improved in his game, and you know beyond, I think his shooting has improved a little bit. He's gotten a better feel. He's been able to get more stuff done around the goal. He's getting the teammates involved, and so uh, obviously him elevating his play 
But along with him, our, a lot of his teammates have elevated their play. I think it's helped us have a, a great start to the season. So hopefully we can continue to build on it. You know, w- with Giannis, take me back to, to 2013. You were part of the organization uh, back then when, when Giannis was drafted. I mean, I would imagine that, you know, most organizations, when they're drafted middle of the first round, probably looking for a rotation player, a starter. I mean, you take a star, but, you know, when, you know, at that position, maybe you're not expecting one. What were you hoping for? Like, what did you think in that Giannis's ceiling might be even as far back as then? As a group, you know, in studying Giannis, those that got to see him live, all the film work that we did, um, you know, scouting services, all the things that we use in scouting as a group, what we saw in Giannis was unbelievable physical attributes and then just the character and tangible stuff, the drive that he had, his background, his story, the IQ that he played with. You know, he, he played with grown men in the second division Greek league where he actually learned how to play basketball the right way. So maybe not at the highest level of competition, but guys that were playing the right way. So we looked at those things along with the physical attributes that he had, and we actually thought that the sky was kind of the limit. Um, obviously, when you have a, a ceiling that high, you have a floor that's that's really low also. And so that's something we acknowledged going into the process, but we felt like with the the, uh, the makeup that he had and the drive that he had, that really was a great bet, particularly where we're drafting the 15th pick in the draft. That's the type of bet that we like to make. And if you kind of study our drafts, uh, since I've been here in Milwaukee, the group that uh, I was able to be part of, blessed to be part of, that's kind of the approach that we took to the draft every year. You mentioned the the league that he played in. One thing, if I remember at the time, was it was uh, a, a league where men was playing, but the level of competition was was sort of shaky uh, from what people were telling me back then. That would that kind of threw some people off a little bit. I think that you know, was he playing really well against lesser competition? Was that a, a factor for you when you were? When you there's a team as an organization, when you're thinking about them, you know, organization. I think it's one of those things that you have to continue to evaluate. So initially, you look at it and say, like, okay, he's doing X, Y, and Z against you know 30 to 35 year old men who who don't play at the level that NBA players play. But as you continue to study it and watch it, what you try to do is you try to peel back and understand the things that he does that translate. And we knew that his size would translate, his length would translate, his ability to handle the basketball. It doesn't matter necessarily who you're playing against. That's going to translate. And so we really, you know, his willingness to pass, the, the emotion, energy played with, we try to really study the things that translated and then figure out, like, where that could take him and, and kind of try to set a floor in that way, understanding that, again, the ceiling is unlimited based on the physical things that he had and, and the drive that he had. When did you, I mean, it's hard to be able to project he'd come this far this fast, but when did you kind of realize that maybe you had something here, that then maybe he, this, you might actually have a potential franchise player? Well, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people don't talk about this. So obviously very lucky to be part of an organization, you know, headed by John Hammond that drafted Giannis and, and the, uh, the strength and confidence it takes to make a pick like that in the, you know, basically at the end of the lottery and, and to take a risk like that, but understanding what it could mean for the franchise is something that John did. And as a group, we supported him. We also had a coach in Larry Drew who played Giannis right out, you know, as, a, as an 18-year-old kid in the draft, comes in and played, I don't know off the top of my head, over a 1,000 minutes in his rookie year uh, for a team that wasn't very good, uh, but really got a real opportunity to develop. And I think that that's one of those things. When you start to watch him now as this young kid playing in games, we weren't a very good team, but you could see flashes of him doing things against NBA-level competition. So going back to what I just said, okay, we thought this would translate. It does. We thought 
you know, the length would translate. It does when he gets a chase down block or he gets a dunk at the rim. And so as we started watching him early in his rookie year when Coach Drew played him, uh, we started to realize that, you know, we might have something special here. When when Jason Kidd comes in as the head coach, uh, what's some of the ways you've seen Jason impact Giannis and, and sort of help him develop in his game? So a couple. So Giannis is an unbelievable worker, and Jason and his staff are unbelievable at development. And, and the time that they spend in this gym, uh, film, uh, working guys out, spending time with them, I've never seen a coaching staff that works as hard as Jason and his staff. And that's right up Giannis's alley. So yeah, Giannis wants to live in the gym, and he wants to develop and get better and better every day. So to have a coach and a coaching staff that's here for him 24-7 to just enhance his development, I think that's a huge piece. The other piece is just... Jason Kidd's a Hall of Fame player, so he has the pedigree, he has the experience, he understands some of the struggles and the things that Giannis is about to see, that Giannis is seeing, and he can help Giannis navigate that, whether that's dealing with teammates, dealing with media, pressures from family, things like that. Having a coach in Jason Kidd that's lived through those things, I think is actually really, really beneficial for Giannis. Some of the, the, as you said, lives in the gym, works out all the time. Some of the stories have become part of his kind of legend there, whether it's uh, obviously a sadder one with after his father passed coming to the gym. But you know, I've had coaches tell me that he's come to the gym after games, like traveling back from games and, and go and play. Do you have, do you have a, a Giannis in the gym uh, story, something that you've seen him do about that <laughs> speaks to his work ethic? You know, I think so. The, those are all like the part of his legend and it's true. Like, so he, he is that that's part of his routine is coming back in the gym. I mean, he literally like lives in the gym. So a little bit of a, a, a deviation from that, but a funny story. So we moved into the training center here, uh, the Frederick Medical College of Wisconsin Sports Science Center, which is awesome. And Giannis loves it. And he's starting to utilize that. But he and I were sitting and talking one night and talking about how nice this is. And he said, so what are they going to do with the Cousin Center, which is our old training center? I said, you know, Giannis, I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. He's like, do you think I could buy it? Right? Because like he want, he's like, and I'm like, well, yeah, you probably could. What would you do? He's like, well, I could like build a house around it. I said, Giannis, if the money, the money it would cost you to buy that and build a house around that gym, you could probably just buy a house and put a gym in it and it would be nicer. And he's like, oh, you're right, Mr. John. Thank you. So like he, he, he is passionate about gyms. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to buy. Did he actually? Did he wind up buying a house with a gym? No, he? he's he's looking he's looking to find a place here in Milwaukee. And my guess is he'll find a place that has a gym in it. <laughs> you think he would have bought the cousin center if you didn't tell him that? Uh, he probably would have considered it. I think I think I gave him some good advice to maybe just stay clear of that. <laughs> His um, uh, you know, one of the things that that the team did last year and and brought in uh, Kevin Garnett to to kind of be around him a couple of times and work with him. Uh, Obviously, Jason has experience coaching KG. There's some familiarity there. Uh, What impact did you, if any, did you see KG have on Giannis, whether it's at that time or something he's picked up on and used moving forward? I think, you know, KG, just just again, a guy who's been there and done that and played at the highest level as a Hall of Fame career, uh, won a championship. Um, for Giannis to see the genuine passion and, and seriousness and the approach that KG had, even just coming to work with him, work with Thon, work with some of the other guys, I think that really rubbed off on, on our young guys to see like just the energy that he has, even in just working them out, uh, the approach that he has. You know, there's little tricks of the trade, you know, footwork things, things like that that he worked on with him, which I'm sure are helpful, but more of just the passion that KG has has been helpful. And, and Jason because of who he is and the relationships he has, he utilizes those. And, and we bring a lot of people in. You know, we, we had John Stockton uh, with us last year early in training camp, work with Delhi and, and uh, Malcolm. Um, you know, throughout the year, we'll have different coaches and different players that will come in and spend time with our guys. And I think all that stuff is, is really beneficial. Does Giannis, does he have the, 
I, don't, I guess meanness might be the wrong term, but whatever KG had, KG had a bit of a nasty streak to him out there on the floor. Bit might be an understatement, but he had a nasty streak uh, on the floor. Giannis seems like a more affable guy, but on the floor, it looks like he's developing that kind of killer instinct, at least from what I've seen this year in the Boston game, then against uh, uh, against Portland. Does he have that that streak to him that you've seen? Without a doubt. I think that comes from supreme confidence in your abilities, and it comes from a... a unmatched desire to to win and compete at the highest level and without a doubt Giannis has a without a doubt so it's it's sometimes hard easy to forget that he's only 22 at this point as you're trying to build him into an even better player over the next few years is there kind of a blueprint that you're following are there things that you're trying to do whether it's physically get him to a certain size uh skill wise get him to a different level is there any insight you can give me on what you're uh, sort of like the the how, how to build Giannis kind of thing over the next couple of years so I think, you know, our job as a front office and as an organization is to support Giannis and to support all of our guys, everyone on our team, and Jason and their abilities to uh, not only develop our players on a day-by-day basis, but continue to look for ways to put complementing pieces uh, around Giannis and, these, and the rest of this group so that, you know, we don't just, we're not just satisfied with a team that hopefully uh, continues to build this year and get better and better, but we want to we want to try to find a way to make this team a true contender, whether that's this year or next year. We're not going to rush to do that. We're not trying to do the most things. We're trying to do the right things. And so really from my perspective and my group's perspective is for us to really focus on finding the right complementary pieces to Giannis, the right complementary pieces to this entire group to give Jason and his staff uh, the resources to continue to develop this team. Um, Beyond that, I would say organizationally to have facilities in place, to have medical staffs in place, nutrition staffs, things like that, to really help them as individual players have everything they need beyond just the on-court development. And that's something that we're really proud of um, on the sports science side, um, on the organizational side from our player relations department of having a culture and an environment where guys have the opportunity to develop. You mentioned, you said a couple of things there. You mentioned the complementary pieces around Giannis. What is the, the ideal complementary piece around a guy, a guy like Giannis look like? So uh, we really are trying to focus on having team size and length. And, and we have a lot of guys who have great length on our team. Um, but we want guys that, that are multi-positional, guys that can make perimeter shots. We think that Giannis draws a lot of attention and, and has the ability to pass. And then we want, we want a team full of players who take passion in defense. So not everyone is physically gifted to be a great defender, but everyone can have a passion and a drive to defend. And that's something that's really important to Jason. And so as we try to create an identity over time, we want to be a team that with our size and our length and our approach and our, and our effort that we really lock people down and then offensively kind of play off of Giannis's abilities and make shots and, and be able to do different things on the floor, run the wing and things like that. So that's it. You know, we really focus on these big kind of long guys. You've seen it in some of the things we've done in the draft that also have skill sets that can, that can shoot, pass, and, and, and uh, dribble. So There was a, um, a franchise developmental plan kind of in place um, you know, as, as you were part of with, with the organization, then John leaves and you take over. You're, you're, you were part of all that going uh, as it was happening, but you're your own man, your own GM. How much of, of what was happening do, do, you, cons- do you believe that is, you're going to continue doing? Of, or in other words, was the plan that was in place sort of fit into what you see personally for the future of this team? Yeah, it absolutely fits. I think it's, I would like to carry on the sentiment of, of you know something that I was part of and hopefully in, in had had a big role in developing this group that that's built on length and athleticism and size and and I truly believe that a a team full of players like that that are multi-positional and have dynamic skill sets 
that are also high character and driven to defend can win at a high level in this league. And I think that we have a great foundation to build from, from that. And so, um, of course there's things that we're going to do differently. We're going to identify those in a different way. We're going to scout in some ways differently. Um, you know, we'll do transactions in some ways differently in the way that we analyze the fit into our cap structure and the fit into our overall roster development, things like that. Um, but the idea of how to build a team and the types of players that we're trying to identify, I think really remains and stays kind of what we built, started building here a few years ago under John. So Giannis is a, uh, has become a big guy. Like the, the muscle is, is, is significant. Yeah. Um, how much of that is kind of just, hey, you get bigger when you get a little bit older? And how much of that is kind of specific plans on the organization's part to get him to a certain size, upper body strength, what have you? So I think um, our sports science center and our, our sports science staff and, and, and performance staff with Troy Flanagan are unbelievable. They're really, really good at what they do. And Troy and I talk about this all the time. Giannis is a is a freak of nature. He's a he's he's got a body of a Greek god, right? To kind of use some of the cliches, right? <laughs> and and it's just so much of it is natural maturation. It just is who he is, and he's just going to grow and develop and get strong. Those that group they help it be optimized. You know, they 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 help it be more efficiently done. So he does it faster, does it better. They make sure that he's not stressing parts of his body. He shouldn't stress, and so that he can do all those things and remain healthy and continue to develop and maintain you know, be fluid and, and, and fast and all the things that he does. Um, where I think you really see the, the uh, strength and the abilities of, these, of that group is on guys that aren't that, right? That aren't the LeBron James, the Giannis Adetokounmpo's, Kevin Durant's of the world, but just the other players that are in this league and watch how they've transformed their bodies, you know, increase their quickness, increase their uh, jumping ability, their uh, aerobic uh, endurance, things like that. And so... They are really, really good at what they do, and they've absolutely helped Giannis, but there is a big piece of it. It's just a natural maturation, just physical gifts that Giannis has. Is, this, is it possible in your mind to get too big if you're Giannis? I mean, I, I, I just want to curious because it's just the <laughs> – he keeps putting on size. keeps getting bigger. I don't know if – yeah. I don't know. I guess the question is more like is will, will getting too big affect another part of his game? Is there a certain limit you'd like him to get to kind of physically? I think it's a great question, but I, I would just go back to my, my answer before. I would say that – if you do it the right way, I'm assuming that Troy and Suki and, and Scott and that whole group would tell you that the answer is no, there isn't too big. It's just if we add the weight and the strength in the right way so he continues to have his mobility and continue to have his, his speed, his flexibility, while they add it, then I'm assuming that the answer is no. Like, he could be as big as he can possibly be and, and just continue to do all the things that he still does. One of the things that uh, Jason did with him uh, was sort of empower him as a ball handler uh, early on in all this. Just w when he came in, what were those conversations like about, you know, like about putting Giannis in those positions, basically a seven-footer with the ball in his hands like that? You know, I think um, Jason isn't afraid to do things differently. It just uh, I'm not afraid to do things differently, which I think is a great a great uh, attribute to have. Um, he's he was a big guard. He wasn't seven foot tall, but he was a big guard, and he saw the effective the way he was able to be effective by seeing over top of the defense and using his strength to get into the paint. And, and so I think he sees some of himself in that. He talks a lot about Magic Johnson and how Magic was able to play and impact the game um, for a while without really shooting the ball much on the perimeter and, and just the things that he was able to do and shrink the defense. Um, and so. You know, we, we kind of have had this term said about us, and we've also said it about ourselves, you know, positionless basketball. And although Giannis, you could call him a point guard, you can also call him a center. I mean, he really um, personifies a positionless basketball. And 
and exemplifies uh, positionless basketball. And so Jason, to his credit, was not afraid to kind of go down that road, experiment that, and see how effective Giannis could be as a primary handler. And I think that by doing that, Giannis has developed into that type of guy who now has the ball in his hands all the time, is a really good decision maker with the ball, gets off of it knowing that he's going to get it back, gets his teammates involved, and really, um, I think, kind of plays in that way like a Magic Johnson, like a Jason Kidd. The characteristics you talked about um, with, in terms of length and, and length being effective and building around guys that are, are long, how much of that is you seeing kind of the, that being effective in the future of the NBA? How much is, it, right, is you basically having two really long guys in Giannis and Thon on the roster already? Um, I, I think that length is always going to translate. And so that's one of the reasons why we, we feel like it's a strong thing to identify and try to, to build around uh, I think it translates on your ability to finish at the goal. It translates on your ability to defend. And so you probably can't just be long and lanky. you got to have length with some strength, which we, we are starting to build because we have a bunch of young guys that are long and, and they're going to develop and mature over time. Uh, but I think it gives, it gives us staying power on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. And so I, I think it is something that we can build forward with. And, and it's not just Thon and Giannis, and so it's length at every position. Malcolm Brogdon is a 6'4", 6'5", guard who's a 6'11", wingspan. Tony Snell um, is a 6'7", guard with, I think, like a 7-foot wingspan. Chris Middleton has a 6'11", wingspan. So we have length at every position, um, and as those guys get older and stronger, we'll have length and strength, and I think it'll really help us. Do you think that's going to become a trend league-wide in the future with, with length and, and that kind of strength being placed at a premium? Yeah, I think so. I, but I also don't, I, I wouldn't want to pretend that like we're the only team that's trying to get long guys. I think everyone's been looking at wingspan for a long period of time and identifying talent. Um, we just happen to really make it a, a primary focus on one of the things that we try to, to identify in players. But there's, you know, we don't just draft length for length's sake. I mean, they have to, again, have dynamic skill sets. They have to, we have to feel through our performance staff that they have the ability to put on weight. Um, with that length, uh, that they have some sort of speed and quickness and mobility, they have an IQ. Uh, you know, the things that we talk a lot about, we've talked a lot about Bucks DNA and having talent and character, um, having a basketball IQ and, 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 and having some grit and toughness. Like, those things matter to us. Wingspan is the most commonly asked, or is that the combine? I remember yeah. Cody Zeller having to answer like 10 questions about a potentially shorter wingspan. It's yeah. like, these guys have to apologize. Great college players have to apologize for being yeah. having like a half an inch shorter wingspan. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, you hear the MVP chance for Giannis already early in the season. And and again, there's still so much to, to go with him. There's still so much more that can develop. I mean, as you look at the next couple of years, are there facets of his game that, that you see as being uh, able to be kind of mined out over the next couple of years? I think the obvious one that everyone talks about, and Giannis and works tremendously hard at it, is just the ability to make a perimeter shot. You've seen it early. He's already more willing and comfortable taking that. You're going to see it throughout the entire season. Um, as that develops, I think he'll become potentially unguardable. You know, if he can shoot it even from 15 to 17 feet at a consistent basis, his free throw shooting has really improved. Um, as he does that and gets the line more, that's going to make him even harder to guard. Uh, that's really like on the basketball side of it, just the actual like kind of skill set. I would say that on a more intangible side, you know, his ability to uh, involve his teammates and learn how to play off of them and for them to learn how to play off of him as we develop over time is really going to set the mark for us um, in terms of team success. And ultimately, and Giannis has mentioned this, like real MVP con uh, conversations come when you have team success. So great individual success meets great team success. 
that's when you get in that conversation and that's where we all, all want to get. With the perimeter shot is, do you look at his shot as being just, it's just repetition or is it something that over the last couple of years you guys have looked to, to change a kind of a fundamental level? You know, Coach Sweeney uh, and, and, and Giannis work a lot on the fundamentals Yeah, they basically the live together. They yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so they, they spend a ton of time working on his shot and the fundamentals and really breaking it down and trying to build it back up. So I think that matters. It absolutely matters. Uh, but also we see guys in the league all the time and in basketball all the time who shoot really well percentage-wise and are really effective shooters and have messed up shots, messed up mechanics. Mm-hmm. And so repetition is a big part. So Giannis, I, I think the reason Giannis is going to get it and is going to get it in a big way is because he works really hard at it, but he's also working at it in the right way, mm-hmm. right? Because Sean's with him every day and they're working on the right mechanics and he's putting in the time. So he's, he's going to figure it out. Have you noticed just watching kind of from afar teams uh, treating him any differently in terms of defending that shot? I mean, when teams know a guy can't make a shot, they're, they're going to go under screens. They're going to back off and force you. Have you noticed at all early any change in how teams are trying to defend him? Um, not really yet. I think, again, as the season goes on and he shows he's more willing and comfortable shooting that, teams are going to uh, respect that a little bit more. Uh, the one thing I've noticed is team defensive concepts so far against us. If there was times last year where they would kind of literally almost try to put five in the paint without violating the defensive three rules and just pack it in on our team. And so that took Giannis out of the game because he had so many bodies in the paint. Where he could, and, and what we've done is we've improved as a team shooting the ball. And so it's really hard to pack it in against us as a team right now because at any given time, we have Giannis and four other threats out on the floor to shoot the three ball. And so that's given him more space to operate in the paint, and I think that's helped him. He'd mentioned uh, last week that it, you know, being vocal is not the easiest thing in the world. It, it, takes, uh, it takes some time to develop that, that part of your, your sort of game. Have you noticed changes there, um, whether it's he's more assertive uh, with his teammates vocally on the court? I mean, Jason Terry was telling me today that you know, a couple of times he saw this season him you know, basically saying what he was going to do and then going out and doing it. Um, have you seen examples of that? Yeah, the best example for me was our team dinner uh, to kick off training camp. You know, Coach always uh, has a great video and a great message to the guys and then kind of asks some questions and, and looks for responses out of the team. And Giannis spoke up uh, a couple of times and talked about the team's goals, you know, the goals that the players themselves set and, and really spoke on behalf of the team. And that's something that's, that really is a sign of, of maturity in Giannis and, and being a, a vocal leader. He's had the... Uh, the kind of nonverbal leadership thing down just on his work ethic and his, his seriousness, his competitive nature. But for him to s- kind of step up and speak out on behalf of the team is definitely a sign of that. The, the best teams in the league have, um, well, the best team has four superstars on it, but most teams have two and sometimes three on a high level. Do you feel like, um, and you can even add Jabari to this mix because of what he was prior to the injury, do you feel like you've got the, the cornerstone players already in place and over the next couple of years it's, maybe more about just sort of filling in the pieces around them, the guys that fit? Absolutely. So we love our core. We love our core group. We've studied and will continue to study championship teams. Uh, the most recent example is the Golden State Warriors, and you can call that four, uh, four stars. There's examples of teams that have no Hall of Fame uh, players, you know, although that's more limited examples. There's examples of teams that have one or two and then have a great supporting cast. <clears throat> so... We think there's multiple ways to do it, and the biggest piece is having a star, a really high-level star, and we think Giannis uh, fits that. And um, but beyond that, we think you know with Chris and Jabari and Thon and, and Malcolm and Tony, we've got a core group of supporting guys 
that really could um, help us, you know, build out a championship caliber team. But that doesn't mean that we're just going to sit on this group and not continue to work. So we're going to continue to work, look for ways to improve and get better constantly. But we're really happy with the core that we have in place right now. There's um, undoubtedly uh, more of a challenge of building a team in a small market. Every small market GM uh, franchise has to deal with it. How have you found the challenges of, of building a team in a small market? So, you know, f from this seat, it's relatively new experience. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of evolving and to be determined. Just being part of this organization in this market uh, for, you know, the better part of a decade now and seeing some of the challenges, things that go with that. I would say this, that it's always going to exist. The market matters. Um, but having an ownership group that we have now with with Mark, Wes, Jamie, and Mike Facitelli, uh, the resources that they're willing to invest in this city and in this franchise really gives us a chance to be involved in any discussion with a free agent, um, to recruit any player, to uh, uh, be involved in any trade discussion, You know whether that's taking on future money for the right player, um, moving up in the draft, things like that. And so this ownership group, because of facilities, because of resources they're willing to invest in the team, has really put us in a position with a, a budding superstar in Giannis that I think we can be involved in any type of conversation that will allow us to become a, a championship-caliber franchise. The You've obviously got Giannis under contract for the foreseeable future. Um, he's uh, done. Uh, he's said nothing but great things about playing. He got, clearly likes playing here a lot. But over the summer, my our former colleague Adrian Wojnarowski went on the radio and said that teams are already kind of eyeballing Giannis and uh, trying to figure out the best way to get him when the time comes. This, there's nothing you can do when you know teams are going to do what they're going to do. But when you hear something like that, do you roll your eyes at all and just and just or you know? I mean, how do you react to it? I guess. Yeah, I think like it's just natural. It's it's professional sports, and I think it comes along with the territory of having a superstar, a budding superstar, and someone that uh, everyone in the league has interest in. And there's probably some truth that teams are already recruiting him. And and if they're doing that, and we find that out, that's a league violation. We'll deal with that accordingly. Um, but there's also probably a lot of that's just hearsay, and it's just propaganda and things that just are said about guys of his caliber. Um, we tend not to worry about it. I, I think, you know, Giannis's response was perfect and it was unprompted from us. He's got loyalty in his veins. I think he's, he's, uh, loyal to this organization for what they've done for him and his family. Uh, and we're going to continue to support Giannis and love Giannis in the way we have before he was the player he is now, uh, because that's how we treat everybody. We treat all of our players and, and, and everyone in the organization that way. And then we're going to try to win and we're going to try to win at a big, at a big way. And I think that having a supportive organization and, and, um, a group that Giannis loves and feels comfortable with and a city that he loves and feels comfortable with, uh, along with winning and building towards something really special is how you keep guys. And I think you've seen Oklahoma City do that with Russell. And um, I, there's no reason why we can't do the same. Working in, in consultation with your, your franchise player is not unusual in, in the NBA. Uh, you know, Oklahoma City, will, will talk, using that example, they'll talk to Russell Westbrook about deals that that they make. I mean, Giannis is such a young guy, though, and just coming into his own. I mean, how much do you either either you do or want to involve him in, in personnel decisions about just or even just taking his temperature on what he thinks about how a guy might fit with this group? Yeah, that's a great question. So Giannis um, is a huge part of this organization, and he always he will always be a huge part of this organization, but he's not the organization. And so we're not going to create a dynamic or a structure where uh, players are making our decisions. However, we would be silly not to utilize our players' opinions um, 
and thoughts on major transactions. And so as we kind of go down that road and there's certain things that are our big transactions, we'll absolutely consult Giannis, talk to him about it, get his thoughts on it um, because he deserves that. And, and it's not just Giannis. That's any, that's any player um, of significance within, in our franchise that we think could have an educated opinion on a certain discussion that we're having. And it might be a different player. It might be someone who's played with a guy in the past, someone that has an agent relationship with a guy, uh, someone that has a personal relationship. So just like we do with anything, we get intel on anything. We discuss it with coaching staff, medical staff, our front office staff, our ownership group. And at certain times, we'll, we'll discuss things with our players. And so I think absolutely he'll be part of those things. He has been. And it would be silly for us not to. You see Giannis on the floor working with Don Maker uh, after practice. I mean, those guys have incredible length out there starting alongside each other. I, do you like what you've seen chemistry-wise from, from those two specifically on the floor together? Yeah, it's kind of like big brother, little brother out there. I mean um, – that's the special thing about having a great culture is uh, Giannis at some point has learned from someone, you know, whether and it might not be positionally the same, but he, he's learned from Zaza's approach and, and Jared Dudley's confidence and, you know, seeing the way that Chris works, Giannis has learned and Giannis is implementing those things and doing those things. And now you see Thon just wants to emulate Giannis and everything that he does. So what he eats, the way when he comes back to the gym, you know, the moves that he works on, the coaches that he works with. Uh, you've seen Malcolm do the same thing, and and so now it's it's kind of neat because you see DJ Wilson kind of do the same things with Thon, and so that's creating a culture. That's a winning culture. I think you've seen franchises in Golden State and San Antonio and Oklahoma City, to name a few, that have done that and established that, and that's what we're trying to do. So we're trying to build a culture, and Giannis is a huge part of that. But where guys are doing things the right way, and so when people come in, they just start doing things the right way. Does he? That's interesting. You say that. Does he absorb? Uh, lessons over the years really well. Do you see him? You mentioned guys like Dudley and others, and I, I brought up KG earlier. Is he? Have you seen him kind of absorb those lessons and, and put them to use on his own? Absolutely. He's extremely bright, really intelligent uh, young man, and and he does that. So he he he's like a sponge. He absorbs he absorbs everything. Um, however, he also has a unique ability, which not everyone has, to really filter out. After he absorbs it, considers it, analyzes, thinks about it, then he filters out the things that he really can utilize to his benefit to move forward and kind of gets rid of the stuff that he can't. Mm -hmm. Let me finish with this. The, uh, when you got the job, there was a lot of stuff written about it and, and, and where the franchise was going about from an ownership perspective. Do you feel in your position now that you've got the support of everybody uh, in this organization from the ownership level, all the owners on down? Absolutely. Yeah, w without a doubt. Um, you know, Jason is a big supporter of mine. The ownership group is, is, is in full support of me. Uh, Peter Fagan on the business side and Pat McDonough, his CFO. I think that's one of the things that uh, we really want to focus on and we have is building an entire organizational culture from ownership down where we're working in concert with each other, we're, we're sharing ideas, we're open. Um, and then we also have a clear uh, uh, chain of command and when it comes to making decisions and, and executing things. But, but really working collaboratively and, and without a doubt, have, I have support, Jason has support, and, and as a group, I think we're all worked and focused on the same thing, and that's to win a championship here in Milwaukee. How often do you and Jason uh, just sit down and talk about stuff? I mean, he, it's obviously the GM coach relationship, I don't know if there's any more importance um, in, an, in the NBA. How, have you, how has that relationship been for you two in the short time you've had this job? Uh, it's been really, really good. So Jason and I talk multiple times a day. 
uh, in the office at night on the phone. You know, last night we spoke two different times mm -hmm. um, on a Sunday evening. You know, we talked for probably a total of two hours last night, two different conversations. So we speak all the time. I'm uh, traveling full time with the team on the road. And so we'll spend time together on the road, grabbing dinner, uh, shoot arounds, practice, things like that. So it is a really, really important relationship. Um, understanding that we have the ultimate same goal long term, but like, you know, obviously coaches our next game, next game, next game mentality. And our job is to think about the, the bigger picture mentality and, and for us to really uh, move forward and make decisions that align and get us to the ultimate goal. We have to talk about those things every day and how they fit in the dynamic of trying to win the next game while also trying to build a team that can uh, win a championship down the road. So it's been great. Um, I, I just love Jace, working with Jason. I think he has great support for me. I know I have great support for him. Are you able to have any fun? I mean, you're, you're quite literally living the dream of anybody in their early 30s being yeah. the general manager of a uh, are you able to, you know, kind of enjoy the, the, the moment at all as you've, as you've had the, the job? Yeah, I think every day, like mm -hmm. you talk about, so what's the relationship with Jason Kidd, right? So if I actually sit back and reflect on the question you just asked me, so you're saying like, how is it to work with a Hall of Fame point guard every mm -hmm. single day, being someone who grew up passionate about and loving basketball? And so like those moments, I reflect on those all the time. You know, uh, Giannis is a coworker, you know, Jason Kidd is a coworker, you know, I, work for three billionaire owners um, every day and dealing with them and the ability to, to spend time with them and learn from them every day. Um, not all about basketball, just about life in general. It's really an unbelievable experience, a rewarding experience and something that, yeah, I, I almost every day reflect on how lucky I am and how blessed I am and, and enjoy this for what it is every day. How often do friends of yours call to propose trades or email <laughs> With, you know, with ideas. My friends are pretty respectful, but you'd be amazed at how many fans can get your contact information, the ideas they have. They'll call <laughs> the office. Not all bad ideas, by the way. Some good ideas. <laughs> they'll, they'll call the office? <laughs> call the office, send text messages. Yeah, it's... it's Pick uh, out your cell phone. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so friend, you don't get uh, emails from friends saying, you know, I got this... Or some, using like the ESPN <laughs> trade machine. Saying, yeah. I got, this guy would look great next to Giannis. Yeah, not, not too often. You know who's great with the ESPN trade, ma trade machine is Chance Kid. So Jason said oh. Chance, who's the best. <laughs> Chance is seven years old. He's like a math whiz. Um, He's seven years old and he can use the ESPN training. Seven machine? years old, math whiz, technology whiz, and he Chance has, has, comes up with some great ideas. <laughs> I can't even use half the apps on my phone. I'm 37. It's like, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, John, I, I appreciate your time, man. I know it's a busy day, busy time of year for you. Thanks for uh, joining me here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Chris. It was my pleasure. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. He hasn't really distinguished himself. Chris is in desperate need of validation. I, I think your opinion is shared by everyone. So please, subscribe, like, comment. I, I would punch him. I, that's, that's just my opinion. At your earliest convenience in the iTunes store. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.